Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the Lehigh University murder. That is such a different name for a university. I agree. It was quite different. Is it named? Okay, so I'm sure you will get into it probably in their fun facts, but is it named after a person? Honestly, I have no idea. I didn't even cover it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, It's just called Lehigh. So So there you go. What we should be covering, though, is what we saw in the news yesterday. Yeah. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, yesterday, Adnan Saeed's um, conviction was overturned. He's been released. Right, and for those of you who don't know or are not familiar with Adnan, shame, but he was the topic of the... Podcast Serial. Podcast Serial. Right, and then they did, um, my name is Adnan... I want to say on HBO. Yep, a documentary. Right. And it's, it's quite the case, too. And it's come out that uh, exculpatory evidence has been not, get, was never given to the defense during Adnan's trial in 1999. Well, in 2000, I want to say, is when his trial actually happened. Yes. And that's a major no no. Right. That is so many Brady violations. And for those of you that don't know what a Brady violation is, that is when you're not giving out uh, correct information to the defense or to the prosecution or withholding. Right. And so uh, the Supreme Court of where Adnan's trial was looked over everything and they have decided to um, release him. And they have 30 days from when I read for the prosecution to either restart a new trial or to um, just not not go with anything. And keep in mind, this is after he's been in prison for 22 years already. Right. And, and they said that they have two other suspects. I'm gonna... This this is the one word where I, I hate this word, which is allegedly. <laughs> but I am going to make an allegation. And in my opinion, I think they're looking at you, Jay. I, right? I really think that you might be one of those people. You knew too much. Yes, he did. And I really think that maybe Hayes' boyfriend at the time might be the other one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It will be very... Interesting to see how these next 30 days unfold and what the prosecution's going to do. Right. And then there was, the trial is still going on, but because we covered the case, we figured we should talk about it for a moment. Uh, They are currently in the process, and I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok or in the news, they're currently in the process of figuring out if uh, Nicholas Cruz gets life or death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his defense is trying to definitely get a mistrial in that situation and so i i hope i pray that they aren't able to do that and that justice is fully served but it doesn't change he was already found guilty this is just pertaining to the sentencing phase of the trial right right but because we covered his case i figured we should talk about that because i'm sure people have heard the case you know our callers have heard the case other people will hear it and then they may see it in the news and go but they said he was guilty Yes, he was guilty. He was found guilty. He admitted his guilt. And that doesn't change. Right. Now we're just into the sentencing phase of if it's life or death, kind of like they did with, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name. Crazy McCrazy Pants. Who, Jody? Yes, Jody Arias, who decided she'd go and sing her song. Um, 
they like they did with her after they found her guilt. There was a whole other trial to find out what to do for life or death. Right, right. So yeah, that's why sometimes things like this take years because there's the first trial and then there's another trial when you have the death penalty on the table. Correct. So that that's really all we have for anything going on with us. I know that it was more crime related than things going on with us, but it's still technically things going and on with us. <laughs> you guys are listening to a damn true crime podcast. That, that is true. So don't be too surprised. To a true crime podcast. Uh, but you know who are listening? Who, who are? Who is listening? Who is our? Who is our? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Craig R. Ray M. And Candace S. Thank you guys so much for being callers. We wouldn't know how to do the show without people like you. Appreciate it. Yep. So today we are heading to Lehigh University, which is located in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Okay. Which I believe is like 70 miles outside Pittsburgh. Okay. Or it's in Jerusalem, whichever one you want to go with. Correct. (laughs) But before we get into the case itself, let's continue our trend with uh, sharing some of those fun facts about Lehigh University. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the oldest traditions during Lehigh University Spirit Week is their turkey trot, which started in 1953. Students would dress up for this 2.6-mile run jog throughout the campus. Would they dress like turkeys? Yeah, so I did have to look up pictures. and I didn't quite see anyone dressed full-blown turkey, but a lot of them had that like turkey hat on where the legs dangle over your ears. Oh, those and, are adorable. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. But was it, okay, was it a turkey or was it like the cooked turkey? Because there's both of those. <laughs> it, it was like a, a real turkey. It okay. was not the cooked turkey. And then my other question is, do they do this during like Thanksgiving month? I would imagine, yes. Okay, because that would make sense that they're doing it during, think, like, yeah. you know, November. And all the pictures kind of look fallish. Okay. Leaves everywhere. I mean, I'm not a runner, but I might get into doing a little walk, fast walk with a turkey hat on. <laughs> I would definitely get down for putting the lawn chair out and watching. Yeah, I, okay. You'd throw candy at them? <laughs> yes. They'd, they'd love it. It'd be a reverse parade for you. You don't get the candy. You throw it at them. So if you look up college and universities with the oldest rivalries, you'll find Lehigh University on there against Lafayette College. Lafayette. Lafayette College. Okay. Their rivalry dates back to 1884 and is simply known as, quote, the rivalry. Okay, so do you remember who Lafayette is? No. Okay. He was the guy in Hamilton who was from France that helped us during the Civil War. Oh. Or not Civil War, but uh, the war between Britain and America. Okay. And without him... We probably would not have won because Lafayette went to France, got a bunch of ships, and got France to come help us. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So he's actually quite important. So there you go. But they are not important today. Today, Lehigh University is important. Right. Lehigh University's Taylor Stadium was the third concrete stadium ever built in the United States. It was built in 1914. Its final game was hosted in 1987 and was the 123rd meeting between Lehigh and Lafayette. Well, that's interesting. Going going out on a, a big rivalry. So when you say 123rd meeting, we're saying this is where the game was played again? Right. So this rivalry teams would like face head-to-head in competition football. Okay. And this was the 123rd time these two teams have played each other. 
Oh, at the stadium. At the stadium. Wow, that's actually quite awesome. Was football a thing in 1914? Yes, it was. Oh, I don't know why I thought that it wasn't invented until later on. I don't know why either. But they did end up winning that game. Oh, well, good for them. Right? Some of the famous alumni that came out of Lehigh University include Roger Penske, who is the founder of Penske Corporation, and some of the company's holdings include Penske Automotive Group, Motor Group, and Truck Leasing. And probably the oil, right? Penske uh, Oil? Uh, yeah, more than likely, yeah. Okay. But he is also the owner of the Penske Racing Team in NASCAR. I feel like I should know like who he has, but as his driver, but I don't. He has several drivers. I know back in the day when I was big in NASCAR, my favorite driver, Ryan Newman, was a Penske driver racer. Was Jeff Jeff Gordon was one, wasn't he? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I just okay, so growing up my ass was right you know 30 minutes around the corner from my house right right you know hop skip and jump uh and me and my biological dad we would go out there a few times to stuff and so i i knew different things about racing but i don't remember if i was ever i wasn't like fully into it though let's take another left turn (laughs) yeah yeah i i know what you mean there Mm mm-hmm Jesse W. Reno is also an alumni of Lehigh University. He invented the escalator and your best friend. He is my hero. I love it when the stairs do the walking for me. Then, if you were not familiar with the first two names of the notable alumni, you should be of this last one. Serial killer and the subject of a 2015 HBO miniseries called The Jinx, Robert Durst is... Lehigh University alum. Can I do it? Go for it. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Oh my gosh. If you guys don't understand what okay, bye-bye is, you've got to go watch The Jinx. He, yeah. Oh, Oh, he is such a weirdo. (laughs) He is a character. Yeah. All right, I'm just gonna go now. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. That man had the nerve while he was in trial as the judge was speaking to him to turn around (laughs) And just go, okay, bye-bye. I'm going to leave now. And just walk, just out, the walk, ne- walk the out the court. Walk out. That's that's not how court works, people. You right. can't just be like, oh, okay, I don't like what you're saying. I'm leaving. Especially when you're on trial for murder. <laughs> right. You don't get, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> I, love, I love that that is always like a joke between us, though. Because you and I will be on the phone with each other. And be like, I love you. And then one of us will be like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> We we can have the ongoing joke of serial killer ha-has. Right. It's probably really unhealthy for this Very unhealthy, but we enjoy it. Right. Counseling will be needed eventually. Eventually. Till I get up and say, okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So, now let's move on to the part that I know many of you are actually here for. Let's jump into that trusty time machine of ours and head back to April 5th, 1986. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when your dad cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Here, we are going to meet a beautiful 19-year-old named Jean Ann Cleary. Jean was a freshman at Lehigh University. Her parents opted to send her to Lehigh instead of Tulane University, located in New Orleans, and where her brothers went, because they thought it would have been too dangerous. 
did it, were you able to find out what they meant by it would be too dangerous? Because they already have her brothers going there. You would think that they would be okay with her going there. Right. So I did find a little bit about that. Uh, Tulane University at this time had an incident of a break-in or some sort of a, a crime on the university. Okay. And uh, maybe it was a murder. I don't know. But it did did mention the danger aspect for for uh, their their little girl to go to the the school. Okay, so not not to take away from this, but it kind of reminds me of the girl from Holland, who uh, her case has never been solved. That went to University of Michigan when my grandmother was there, survived all of that, and then went to Penn State and was murdered oh, yeah. in Penn State in the stacks, and they don't ever know what happened. And it was because her parents really wanted her to go to Penn State because they didn't think it was safe at University of Michigan, and it wasn't at the time. Right, right. And and honestly, parents, anywhere other than pretty much your house, it's not going to be safe for your right. kids. Right, and it may not even be safe <laughs> at your own home. You don't know. You right, know. right. But at least there, if you're home with them, you can help protect. Right, right. So, I, Man, I feel bad for her parents. That it that's gotta be a hard thing that they lived with. Oh, for sure. Especially if they're still alive now, you know, to think like, oh, I, I encouraged my daughter to go here because right, I thought right. it was gonna be safer. And I also I think it was because it was a lot closer to home. Right. And the, you know that's their daughter. Yep, yep, yep. And you're I, I don't wanna say that people are typically more protective over women, but they, they are, are because <laughs> your girls or your young women and you just want to make sure they're safe or, you know, where you think a boy is like, Oh, I can take them. I can do it. Everybody's just as vulnerable as each other. True story. And and I get that. But I feel like if we were parents and we had a daughter, I'd be like, you're never leaving. (laughs) You're going to stay in this house because the world is crazy. Right. And then you get those cases where parents lock their children away. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's how they go to jail. Exactly. So it's a lose, lose forever. Right. That's why I don't have kids. Oh, because you'd lock them away? No, because it's a hassle no matter which way you turn. Oh, okay. I thought you were telling me something really dark and secretive about you that I don't know (laughs) We tried to find out more information about Jean herself, but couldn't find too much because of something called the Cleary Act and Jean's association with that. It overtook anything that we were able to research when it came to her. However, we will cover that later on in this episode. We also tried to find what Jean's area of study was, or her major, but again, we were unsuccessful. Assuming because she was a freshman, she was probably doing her her core classes that were required for a majority of the program. Now, let's move on to the early morning of April 5th, 1986. It was a few days after arriving home from her freshman spring break. Jean happened to leave her dorm room door unlocked for her roommate, considering the roommate forgot her key. She may have felt there wasn't a big threat of a break-in, since an intruder would have to go through three other doors that had automatic locks on them before gaining entry to their dorms. So Jean headed to bed. Alright, so I, I just want to get this right. Jean is leaving her key underneath a doormat for her roommate, who she assumes doesn't have her key? Or did her roommate say, I don't have my key? Okay, so when I was thinking about this and looking into it, I think there's several keys needed to gain access. Right. And the roommate may have possibly forgotten her key directly to their dorm room. But she had her keys... 
to the outside door. The first set of doors, first three sets of doors. Essentially, yes. Okay. That's a lot of keys to get into. Right. And it could have been, it could have been one key for the first three. Like they could be like the general access doors. Oh, kind of like the, uh, just where you put it up to an RFID reader. Essentially, but I I don't think. They didn't have that in 86. Right. But then again, who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would say it was that principle. Okay. I, I guess weird, but okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I know. I don't think I've ever been into anywhere that's had that much security. I've been into a building that had the uh, two doors, but never three. And so, yeah, it's possible. Okay, then. Jean was awakened by a noise. Once her eyes adjusted, she noticed a man going through her things. Alerted by this, thinking she w- he-, he was there to break in, she spoke up. And that's when the man attacked her. Just a heads up, callers. This attack is fairly graphic, and I'm going to keep it short. Her attacker beat her. He then does the terrible awful to her, sodomizes her, stabbed her, slit her throat, and then strangled her to death. The man who did this horrendous act to Jean was a fellow Lehigh University student, 20-year-old Joseph M. Henry. Okay, we've got to talk about this attack. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's done a lot. Yeah, um, he, he's done a lot. After he got done stabbing her and slit her throat, why then strangle her? I guess I don't understand. There's no way that she's alive. Um, I guess uh, you, she she could have been though. If they, do you think that she was? I just don't in my mind think that she would be alive. We've watched a lot of horrible movies, right? And we've seen after, um. Certain throat slitty actions that there's always that gurgle. Oh, do you think he was trying to end that? Okay, I gotta, I gotta ask this. Does he know her? I don't think he knows her. No. So he is just some random dude that has broken her room, going through her panty drawer, and, and she's confronted him, and now he just kills her. Uh, yeah. Well, you're you'll hear about that in a little bit. Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's essentially it. Remember when? People are like, our kids were always, everything was so much nicer in the 80s. <laughs> Anybody getting a clue? Like, I have yet to do a case that's been super recent that's been this fucking horrible. Right. Well, yeah, for sure. Now it's, people are getting bang, bang, shot. And they're dead. Yeah. The, this, this almost would seem like a crime of passion. Well, well, that's why I was asking, because this just seems so personal. It does. It does especially yeah i don't know i just had to ask questions about it because it's pretty bad it was bad reading that (laughs) uh and i don't understand there's got to be a connection i'm i wish i could say there is but you will learn there there is not wow okay it's a a series of unfortunate events for gene oh yeah yep we would normally try to go into details on how joseph was apprehended However, that really isn't necessary this time, because two days later, on April 7th, 1986, he was arrested. A couple of his friends told police that he confessed to them about the crime. This is why you never commit a crime and then go tell your friends. Somebody's going to rat you out. Right. You shouldn't be committing crimes to begin with, but don't tell your friend. Right. Don't don't tell your friends. Cause don't brag about it. Somebody's going to have a moral like compass. Because yours you is lacking. Have, right. <laughs> yours is definitely lacking. 
And they're going to go tell. Like, if somebody came to me and was like, listen, I just did horrible things to somebody, I cannot look at somebody and be like, yeah, cool. I would be like, okay, so do you want to run now? Or do you want to sit here while I call the cops? Right, yeah. Because I'm not going down for you. The moment I become accessory to murder because you've opened your fucking mouth to me is the moment I sing like a canary. Right. So apparently his friends were smart and they knew they would have been accessories after the fact. And right. they were like, fuck that shit. And how many, like, we've seen that so many times where people have been told something and they thought the other person was just like joking. Right. And, and it is not say, a joke. Right. And then they're going down for this crime because they knew things about it and they have to get plea deals. So this should, 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 this should show you if somebody ever confesses a crime to you, it's better just to open your mouth. It is. It is. Because then you don't have that issue. Although we know this is hearsay, in summary, his friend said that he had left the party, that he had told them, I guess is how I should say that, that he had left the party and walked to the dorm. He entered through the doors that were propped open by boxes from other students. While on the second floor, he tried room doors until he came to Jean's, which was unlocked. He entered her room with the intentions to steal various items. And when she woke up, that's when things got bad. While looking into the story, the police did find various items belonging to Jean in Joseph's place. Wow, so... I learned that I can't say Jean in Joseph's place. See, I just messed that up again. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear that in the outtakes. Yes, that you will. Fun. <laughs> Five takes later. I was able to say it that one time. <laughs> okay, so they, they've gone in and they found her stuff, but do they talk about what stuff they found, or was it just literally various items? It just said various belongings. Was he trying to steal from her to make money? I don't know if it, what, if it was to make money, but the initial intention was to... Just rob somebody. Rob. To just rob somebody. It didn't right. didn't matter who... And he, he was drunk and supposedly high and blah, 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 blah. Why is it that everybody goes to, I was drunk and high? Trying to justify their shitty actions. Right. I've never gotten, I've said this before, I've never gotten drunk in my life and thought, I need to go murder somebody. Right. And I've never gotten high and thought, you know what? Time to go murder somebody. (laughs) Right. Because none of those things lead to that, unless you're doing bath salts. Right, Because that will cause you to munch a face. We all watch that live on TV. Uh, I just don't get how, what, you you got a little high off what, pot? Yeah, yeah. You know he was smoking pot. Yep. Which is supposed to mellow your ass out, not make you want to murder somebody. Right. He was smoking that new strand of murder, murder pot. Murder a stranger? Yep, yep. Oh, murder a stranger. Because they're like strains of weed oh my god you would find TM, a TM. weird dad pun in that <laughs> one this is what i live with right. dad puns yeah you enjoy them yeah i do but the other question that i have is so he tells his friends i we, we were all at this party and i walked to the dorm wouldn't they have gone to the same dorm don't they live in the same dorm no there's different dorms for the college campus it's a very large School. Okay, I guess in my mind, like, I understand, okay, I get that there's different dorms, but in my mind, if you're all friends, it's probably because you all live in the same dorm area, typically, 
you make friends with those people that live there. Right, but this this is their um, account of the confession. Right, no, and I understand so that. So, the friends may not have been with him at this party. No, that's not my question. What I'm no. saying is, if they're all walking together, and they're, he's trying to go to a different dorm, because he was, weren't they at the party with him? No. Oh, This is okay. the account of... So he's saying, I went to a party, and then I walked to a dorm that wasn't my our dorm. Yes. His dorm. I was going to break into people's places, and I was able to because somebody, number one, propped a door open. Correct. And number two, he clearly had access because of Jean leaving the key. No, her door was unlocked. Right, but I thought she left a key underneath her mat. We talked about that at the very beginning, that she was leaving a key under her mat. We never mentioned a key under the mat. You better re-roll those tapes. Okay. Okay, so we re-rolled those tapes, and I went back and read, and I misread. You were correct. She did not leave a key under the mat. I thought she had left a key under the mat. She left it unlocked for her roommate because her roommate forgot the key. Correct. Okay. To the dorm room. Right. And so when he got there, he was able to get into that. Because the dorm room was unlocked, but he was able to get through those other automatically locking doors because other students propped those doors open. Okay. With, like, boxes and different shit like that. And that's problematic in and of itself. Why are you propping open a door? You're supposed to have a key. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Was um, it because they were trying to go out and smoke really quick? Do you think that's what it was? They wanted to smoke and they didn't want to get caught? Or they were trying to get their, like, girlfriend, boyfriend up into the dorm? Yep. There there was different accounts on the different articles. Some said pizza delivery. Some said... Pizza delivery is a bullshit answer. (laughs) Like, get out your dorm, get the pizza. But I can see (laughs) if you're trying to sneak somebody in and you don't want... Right. You know, the RA to see who you're sneaking in. Of course, you're going to prop open a side door to get them in really quick. Correct. I can't say that. I never saw that happen at Cedar Point. Because that happened all the time. Yeah, so that's that's kind of why. And then he just went down the halls and tried to open all the doors, and hers was the first one that opened. That is terrifying. Yep. Have you, okay, I have to ask, have you ever been into a situation where somebody that wasn't in your, like, where you were living just opened the door on you, and they didn't have a key, and you didn't know who they were? Uh, No. That is the most terrifying thing ever. I mean, unless we've had it happen here. Otherwise, I never had anyone just try to open our door. I'm literally only asking because I one time didn't lock my door at Cedar Point. I was getting changed. I was getting out of my work uniform, trying to just get in normal clothes, and I didn't lock the door because I'm in the room. And people were moving in at the time because it was near the beginning of the year. And somebody without a key just thought it was their dorm. (laughs) <laughs> and was lost and opened it up and i am there like butt-ass naked and i was like can i help you and they were like oh sorry wrong dorm wrong dorm <laughs> Stranger my, dorm danger. Room, my dorm room was full so there shouldn't have been somebody else moving in right right yeah so i i can see gene's reaction of like who the fuck are you right but i also understand the importance of locking a damn door that i i literally made that mistake one time and ever since then when I worked there, I was like, I always locked that door. Nobody else was getting in. I mean, if that was the concern, okay, the roommate forgot the key, still lock your damn door and say, hey, I'm going to be sleeping. You better pound the door extra loud. Right. You better knock on that door hard or uh, you're sleeping out in the right, hallway. Right. Otherwise, curl up in the ball. I would have left a blanket out maybe. And a pillow. I would have <laughs> left a blanket and pillow and been like, it sucks to be you that you forgot your key again. Not the nice ones, though, because they'll probably get stolen. Right. 
Okay, so clearly we know that he's confessed. The cops have gotten him. But can you get me into the trial of this? Oh, absolutely. This, again, is a pretty simple open and shut case. Well, yeah, he's confessed. Right. Well, you know, you get those false confessions. Like I used Febreze to bring her back to life. Oh, God. That schmuck. Joseph Henry was convicted on April 25th, 1987 of first-degree murder, rape, involuntary deviant sexual intercourse, indecent assault, burglary, theft, robbery, and aggravated assault, and was sentenced to death via the electric chair. Now, that is a long-ass list. Yeah, it is. And I feel like some of those are the exact same thing, but they carry different punishments. Okay, the one that I really don't like, and it's definitely dealing with a sodomy, and that was a law that was made against gay people, was the involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. Because that's something that they used to charge gay people with when they would find out that you were gay and having sodomy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what he did was wrong, and I'm not saying it's not, but like... I guess it's also good that they used that same charge against him. Absolutely. If you committed the crime, it's the charge. However, through some unknown miracle that I wish I could find, like the truth behind, in 2002, he managed to make a new plea deal. It pretty much said in exchange for no more appeals, he wouldn't question the charge no more, he would take life in prison with no possibility of parole. How the fuck is that a possibility? Exactly. That's why... I'm not going to appeal it anymore so you can give me life. No, you don't deserve that. Yeah, I tried to to find out. Who who goes around and goes, <laughs> would you like a new plea deal for the horrendous shit that you've done? Right. Because no. we're offering new plea deals today. Is there a new plea deal table? Yeah. Do they just walk up to it? Is it like a job fair there? <laughs> one says new plea deal, and if your name is on it, you get to get one. Oh, yeah, that, that's why I put through some unknown miracle. Because then my other question is, in exchange for no more appeals, has he just not used any of his appeals? And then if he hasn't, or if he is, are they nervous that they don't have enough evidence on him that would keep him in it? I mean, it's a possibility, but also they may not want to... Because you would think that there has to be some kind of fear on the prosecution side for them to want to even give a plea deal to him. Right, but it also takes money... And tax dollars, and they may say, we don't want to deal with this shit anymore. He's, he's well, going to be found guilty. file for an appeal doesn't mean it has to be approved. We, we saw that with Adnan, the amount of times where it was just denied. Right, but when you're sentenced to death, appeals are automatic, and they happen with, with or without your saying. Oh, okay. Okay, I get what you're saying. But when it's just life in prison, you get your appeals, and you get so many, and you use them whenever. Okay, but with life, you get automatic ones. I don't know. With the death, death, death sentence. Sorry, with death, you just get automatic ones that they have to listen to? They get automatic, it gets automatically reviewed. Okay. I guess is the way to say it. Well, I guess that's a good way to make sure that you're not going to put to death somebody that shouldn't be put to death. Well, and that's kind of the funny thing. During my research of trying to figure out why this guy got this miracle deal. I found out that Pennsylvania kind of has a track record of uh, putting to death the wrong people. Oh. So since 1970, because they've been so uh, trigger shy, since they've been so trigger shy, they've only sentenced to death and actually followed through with three people. Other than that, they're just all on death row. And they have the third largest death row. Uh, Like population? Population. But prior to that, 
they were the third highest executioners. Oh. And then kind of in the mid-1900s, it got revealed that they had a few too many oopsies. Oh, yeah. I don't think like in death row or like when you're going to put somebody to death, an oopsie poopsie is something that you can have. Right. Yeah. You need to be 100% certain of that one. Yes. And they, they were a little too trigger happy, we'll say. Okay. Isn't, okay, off topic, but isn't the Green Mile set in Pennsylvania? Uh, that I do not know. Okay. Possibly. I thought that's where it was. Because Sounds I, about right. I remember like all the lights going on and off. Or New York. Mm, one or the other. Callers, let us know where it's from. I don't want to reread the book. That's a long book. <laughs> so, you remember earlier when we mentioned something about the Cleary Act? Yes, I do. It was because of this crime and the motivation of Gene's parents that a new law was made. In 1990, then-President George H.W. Bush signed the Cleary Act into law. And we need to say George H.W. Bush Sr. because his son would become... Well, that would be just George W. Bush. Oh, I thought he was senior and not junior. I'm possible, but... Oh, okay. I, I guess that's how the history books have it. George H.W. is the dad, and George W. was... The son. The son, yeah. Okay. So, what is the Cleary Act? According to the Cleary Center website, the law states, quote, It requires colleges and universities to disclose their security policies, keep a public crime log, publish an annual crime report, and provide timely warnings to students and campus employees about a crime posing an immediate or ongoing threat to students and campus employees. The law also ensures in certain basic rights to victims of campus sexual assaults and requires the U.S. Department of Education to collect and disseminate campus crime statistics. End quote. Okay, I want to talk about this. Okay. What happened to her was not something that part of this law even covers. They're talking about keeping a crime log and all of this other stuff, but he went in and just broke in and did things. It wasn't like he was breaking in and then leaving and then coming back and breaking in. Right, yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with the law. I like the law, but I don't understand how they got from point A to point B. I'm sure it was just the uh, preventative actions. So had there been an ongoing string of crime that the the student should know and i and i believe in that that the student should know right uh there there may have been like some previous like break-ins and burglaries going on to where brought this about to be put in to where had she known that there was actually break-ins she would have locked her door and okay would have would have what if variables like super crazy yeah i guess that makes sense but at the same time i it just doesn't make sense that they got from that to this to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In my totally. mind, it just doesn't make sense because I would feel like if I was pushing a law for my daughter who's been murdered, but, I would want it to be that. <laughs> well, they couldn't like push for the law of don't murder fellow students. Right, I, because that's already a law. <laughs> um, but I wonder if they just didn't tell anybody that she had been murdered. Yeah, that's a very good possibility. You know, and that that put other students at risk of not telling. And I understand he was caught two days later, but in that two days, he could have done more than what he did. Absolutely. You know, we weren't there, so we don't, I understand it's all speculation, but in in my mind, I guess that's the only plausible idea I can come up with. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, it just, 
but I, I fully agree with the law. I think that every student, it doesn't matter if you're a student or if you're just a normal civilian, uh, you know, not in campus, you should at least know what the coming and goings are in your area. Oh, for sure. You know, and if you are at danger or, you know. And especially on campus where right. you're going to school. Right. So since it's founding, major incidents for which a college or university were found in violation of the Cleary Act include the 2006 murder of Laura Dickinson at Eastern Michigan University. Wow. Which I guess uh, that they, they did what you said earlier. They covered it up. Okay. And they didn't tell no one. I guess the uh, university president was even fired over it, too. Wow, I didn't know anything about that. I, I'm i glad that somebody was at least uh, found guilty of something, you know. Right, and held accountable. Held, held accountable, I guess, is the better word. Uh, the Penn State sex abuse scandal, which spanned from 1994 to 2009. Oh, God. So that... That's Jerry Sandusky, right? It was, and he was ultimately convicted on 45 counts of child sexual abuse and the Virginia Tech shooting in 2007, where 32 lives were taken. 33 if you count the perpetrator, but... Fuck him. Fuck him. And there you guys have it. This is... The Lehigh University murder. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot to the case, but because of... This man's actions, it caused a law to be put into effect to help protect students. Right. Which ultimately is what we all want to see. Um, clearly, as Ryan talked about at the very end, it's not always worked. Or, or you know, people have violated it since right, yeah. Since then. But, um, you know, where, where cases where it obviously does work. Right. You know, when people aren't violating it or they are telling the truth or, you know, and- not trying to cover things up. And a very interesting, I mean, I kind of found a hilarious fact about it, is the the penalty for a Clery Act violation was being fined like $56,302 or some weird-ass number like that. That is a very strange number. Right. But then on top of that, if they do get that fine, that's meaning they're, they're guilty of violating, mm. causing these families... To sue the school for millions. See, and that that's a I I have to agree with that. If you are violating this when there is this law set there, because you've now put it into a motion where your child can be put into harm and they and if they do come to harm, you need to be found liable for that. Right. And the the first one, the Laura Dickinson uh murder at Eastern Michigan, I guess the family ended up suing uh, Eastern Michigan for like three million three million and being awarded that. So I have to ask, do you know with the Laura Dickinson one, was it because they was there like crime going on in the area and that's what caused her murder to happen? Did you look into any of that or no? I did look into Laura Dick- Dickinson's uh, murder. Okay. And it was solely because the school uh covered it up and denied, denied, denied um, oh, that she was murdered at all. That she was murdered at all. So okay. that violated it by... By know, not telling anybody that right. something had happened. Okay. So that's where that one... Was her murder just a random murder kind of like... Yes. This one? Okay. Yep. So as we've talked about in this case, we dealt with Nash, you know, with sexual assault, clearly. 
And so because of that, we are definitely giving you guys the national number for sexual assault. It is 800-656-4673 or 800-656-HOPE. Please, if you or anybody that you know has been a victim of sexual assault, call that hotline and they will get you into contact with the proper people to get you help. And there you have it, the Lehigh University murder. What did you think of the case? It's interesting. I feel as if this case, even though there was such, there wasn't a lot to it, sometimes the smallest things that happen, you know, to this family, clearly this was huge. Their daughter died. And I'm not saying that, like, Jean didn't matter, because she does. But with this, they were able to then you know, make something huge for other students around them and, 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 you know, protect other kids so that something that happened to their daughter isn't able to happen to somebody else. Now, unfortunately, it does a few other times happen. Um, but there's consequences now for those actions. And so prior to that, I wonder how many times schools had either tried to cover something up or didn't want to talk about it because you have to protect your school name. Right, right. You know, and I guess I just feel, I feel for the parents. I feel for, you know, the roommate, I'm sure, probably has a lot of guilt, too, of I was always forgetful with my key, and if I hadn't have been, you know, and if Jean hadn't known that I was, that I, you know, would she still be alive? For sure, for sure. I I could see some survivor's guilt on the uh, roommate. Yeah, you know, and so I, I feel like I would have it. Right. You know, had I always been forgetful with my, yeah, I forget everything. There's times where you're, I'm like, where's my wallet? And you're like, well, what did you wear? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Uh, you know, and so I feel like if I was her roommate and I knew that I was the reason why she was leaving the door unlocked, I would have that guilt of, man, I should have just taken my key, you yeah. know, or been better about it. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I'm not trying to victim blame, but like, guys, make sure you lock your doors. For sure. There's, I, there's locks on doors for a reason. Right. And I, you know, I even talked about my own experience where there were, you know, my whole dorm room was full and I just didn't lock my door that one time. And that person just wandered on in and it scared the shit out of me. I can only imagine, you know, as if I was a female or if I, you know, was the middle of the night. Shit, I am not a female. But if somebody <laughs> broke into my house in the middle of the night, you know, just wandered on in, I would be pretty fucking scared. Right, right. You know, like, here's a better example. Pandemic was going on. Yeah. And you and I had always locked the screen door and then the front door. Yep. And that one time, I didn't lock the screen door all the way. Like, I didn't pull it shut all the way. And I thought I had. And it's like three in the morning. And I hear something. And Bailey, our dog, is freaking out. And I'm like, why are you freaking out, Bailey? Well, me, being a fatty at three in the morning, because I'm not going anywhere during the lockdown, thought I want more pizza. (laughs) What I walked out to was eight patrol cars out in our front yard with 25 cops in our yard surrounding one lady who had tried to break into our home, but thankfully wasn't able to because our front door was locked. But Bailey was hearing her pull at the front door, and I just happened to wake up at that time. Right. I have photos of that still. And then then she stayed across the street after the cops were like, oh, you're free to go. 
because she tried to pull up. <laughs> I have COVID. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is the very beginning. So nobody knew what about COVID at the time. But then she stood across the street for over an hour and then came back and stared through our windows like she was fucking Michael Myers and Halloween H2O when Lori Strode walks up and Michael walks up at the same goddamn time. I've never hidden so quick in my life. And so that scared me. And my, I knew my door was locked. Right, yeah. You know, and so I could only imagine waking up and being like, oh, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, but then again, if somebody broke into our house, I'd be like, are you cleaning? <laughs> <laughs> and if you find anything of worth value, can you tell me? Right. You know, so, yeah, I guess, what what are your thoughts on the case? Uh, pretty pretty much the same same thing, I guess. Like, uh, it's a terrible tragedy that happened to uh, Jean. But at the same time, it's a wonderful thing that came of it. Right. I mean, something very something that was meant to be very bad was used for good. Right. And that's that's what it's all about. Right. I mean, I, hell, that's the reason why we started this podcast. Right. You know, is to tell these people these horrible, horrendous stories to let the knowledge be known of people that may not have had their voice out there, but also, you know, give you those helplines or just our advice on things like lock your doors. Right. You know, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, you and I, we live in a good neighborhood, and we've been robbed. Yeah. We've had somebody try to break in. Yep. And we we keep shit locked up now because we just know better. Yeah. You know, but when we lived with your parents, they used to leave the garage door open, and we thought that was okay to do that here. Yep. And we learned our lesson real quick. Real quick. Like, within a five-minute period, we learned our lesson. But so. again, of that of that bad thing, a good did happen. Mm-hmm. I, I got a new work computer. You did get a new work computer <laughs> yeah. after that. So, joke's on you, you criminal asshole who stole my work computer. Right, because just so you know, they had a virus that was implanted into that, so when you stole it and it didn't have the right password put into it so many times, it fried the motherboard, so good yes. luck with that. But in the end, you are still a dick, because I did have to pay for a new backpack. Yeah. So, you owe me like $15. Right. Asshole. Oh, and they took your wedding cup. Your sister replaced that. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so... Thank you again, guys, so much for listening to this case. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. And give us those five stars. I just checked it earlier today, and there was some more out there. So thank you guys so Woo. much. We are getting people putting them in. Appreciate those five stars. Right, what, you want to be put into that algorithm more. Was there like a shit ton more, or are there still some slackers out there? Hey, there's definitely some slackers. Guys, come on. You know how many people listen. Y'all can get out there. And if you don't know how to do it. Contact us. We will walk you through it. Contact us. Leave your front door unlocked, and we'll do it while you're sleeping. Oh no! Okay, no. Okay, no. No, We just told them don't (laughs) leave their front door unlocked and to lock their doors. And you're asking to break into the. Don't let him into your home. He's gonna live there. (laughs) He's gonna find a comfortable place to set and just. That's true. After I raid your refrigerator. Yeah. If you have pudding, he likes pudding. I do, especially that butterscotch pudding. Yeah, I know. I didn't get any of it. Thanks. I know. I ate them all. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Also, don't forget to follow us on socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on TikTok at callusonedead, where you can see some videos of us, or our knife-wielding cat, Jakaris, the sugar gliders, Emma and Regina, and of course, our adorable fur babies, superfans, Lola and Bailey. Or you can email us at callusdead at yahoo.com. To tell us what you thought about the case, ask some questions, suggest some cases, or just to say hi. But until then, remember to stay strong, do everything with love, know there's always hope, and if you forget, you can always 
Call us when you're dead. Wow, we cover what? Well, oh, oh my gosh, and Joseph the fifth, fifth, fifth place. <laughs>